The good, the bad, and the ugly. With Terence Pillay. I lost... Uh, Terence, I want to apologize. I made you panic a little bit earlier. I lost all my focus <laughs> the moment I realized Katy Perry is coming, coming to me. I know, that's crazy. And um, so I, I kind of... I've lost it, but I'm back here now. And you have a fabulous story to tell us this what morning. What an amazing story this is. So his name is Naveen Naidu. Mm. Um, he used to be a paramedic. And um, so uh, uh, after a, for a bad forensic handling of a family tragedy mm. 23 years ago, um, it drove him to explore the field of how emergency medical services can improve their response to victims of gender-based violence. Yeah. And so what he he's now become the first South African to have obtained a PhD in forensic medicine. Well, wow, I can't so, believe South Africa is only having our first PhD in forensic medicine now. I know, it's crazy because before that, all um, forensic evidence were processed by pathologists. Okay. You know that South Africa has one, has one of the highest crime rates in the world. Yeah. And so processing these crimes is a mammoth mission yeah. here, right? And and for, for one, most of the forensic evidence has to make its way to Pretoria to be processed, yeah. which means that the potential for something happening to break that chain of yes. custody yeah. is really high. Yeah. Um, but but here's how, how things are changing. I caught up with Naveen this week. Naveen, thanks for talking to us this morning. Congratulations on your accolade. I think for people who don't know, what exactly is forensic medicine? Well, uh, forensic medicine mostly relates to the intersection between medical practice and law. So this is a practice that historically has been in the hands of forensic pathologists where they would provide the evidence uh, to explain the depth of a human being. So where are we at at the moment in South Africa as far as forensic medicine is concerned? Well, we, we've, I think we've made great uh, inroads. The DNA project uh, has managed to successfully change uh, some legislation that considers the acceptability of DNA evidence in terms of violent crime. So there's been lots of policy changes as a result of that. The um, hospitals and uh, clinics that we have are more in aware and in tune to, to protect the rights of patients. The recent death of many, many patients in the life of many debacle brings to light the importance of protecting the health rights of, of all people, particularly those that are rendered vulnerable by this circumstance. I was quite interested interested in the focus of your uh, PhD um, you know you focused on on gender-based violence and I think that's um, uh, for want of a better word quite topical now but it's an age-old problem right yes uh, this, this is a problem that we've had uh, for as long as we've had relationships I, I suppose um, the difference though is that in our country we are known for having documented the highest femicide rate in the world hmm. so one woman is killed um, every eight hours in our country and that death uh, is uh, preceded by many many years of physical and other kinds of abuse and so this is a chronic problem that manifests in an incredibly high mortality rate and it's unacceptable uh, when one considers the, the global figures uh, one woman is killed in Canada every five days as a result of a uh, femicide case in mm. South Africa it's one every eight hours and, and so it's an alarming alarming rate and uh, we, our responses to the problem are not nearly as robust as the responses from places like Canada. So how is the work that you're doing, um, and especially with, with your PhD project, um, how is it addressing this issue? Well, 
um, the, the work has proved that if we uh, make interventions uh, in terms of early detection, uh, then we are able to do something about it. We're able to be a little more responsive. So the work has, uh, as a basic premise, uh, the, the need to identify the risk associated with this problem. So what risks do people live with in terms of gender-based violence? And then how does one satisfy the needs that arise from those risks? And, and then the third thing it demands is for us to be responsive. Wow, Naveen Naidu. I can't, listen, to, to give you a context here, we watch all these shows on TV, these CSIs and all of these kind of things. And, the, and he is, Naveen Naidu, the very first South African to obtain a PhD in that science, forensic medicine. I can't believe it. And it was 10 or 15 years ago when we were lumped with hundreds and thousands, if not millions of rands yeah. of forensic equipment. But no one's been able to use it because we've had no one qualified. No, 100%. And all these cases, uh, these high-profile ones like the Oscar Pistorius mm. one, if you had people like him yeah. around, perhaps, who knows? Those, those game-changers completely. Yeah, and what's more, his doctoral work on gender-based violence intersects mm. with emergency care, right? Because he was used to be a paramedic and was so promising to the extent that he drafted the HPCSA policy on domestic violence screening by emergency care and also the HPCSA position statement on social uh, determinants of health. Uh, absolutely amazing. So that nurses and doctors and care workers can actually look out for red flags as yes. far as domestic violence is concerned and can act they and actually have teeth to do something about it and prevent it. And it's preventative, yes. Brilliant work. I love it. So let's talk about cases, you know, we've had in this country. Um, let's take, for example, the Oscar Pistorius case, which, which has now um, been finalized. And, um, how would that case have been different if we had more information, if we had uh, more skill in the area that you're working in? So, um, admittedly, Terence, when we when we have to respond to a patient who's already been shot or stabbed or punched or abused or held hostage for many years mm. um, or, or days, uh, well, uh, we one could argue that it's already too late. And so, that's one perspective: is that we have to be doing a great deal of work to prevent such circumstances from occurring in the first place. You know, I know um, a lot of the um, a, a lot of the shows like CSI and that kind of thing. Their works are fiction. But it's it's based on some kind of reality in that um, you know there have been strides in medicine and there have been strides in technology. Um, so where do we sit in South Africa in terms of those testings? So the, uh, what we see there are very laboratory-based uh, tests. So at the Cape Peninsula University of Technology, we are moving towards offering a three-year diploma. Uh, in forensic medicine and uh, hopefully that would start soon and this is primarily to train people who work in the pathology services uh, mm. to be to be professionalized in this way um, we, we have um, those expertise in terms of um, you know the laboratory work um, uh, as pockets of excellence throughout the country just in general terms um, are you able to give advice to people what should they do at, at a crime scene you know um, a lot a lot of the time the the chances of contaminating a crime scene because people don't know what to do or how they should um, react um, is very high so how should people behave for health workers and uh, the police who would attend uh, their role would be to protect the chain of evidence by uh, ensuring that they don't firstly disrupt the crime scene and then secondly um, you know identifying those items those forensic items of evidence that could be used 
um, in criminal prosecution later. So the extension of the protection of rights is about holding people to account. Mm. So the chain of evidence and the custody of evidence and, and so on, the, the not, being, not contaminating the evidence is crucial uh, to ensuring that, uh, that justice is, is served at the end of the day. So one would, uh, for lay people, don't in, uh, intrude on the scene, do not uh, interfere with any items, do not uh, touch any of the items. That's a job for the police. Um, and I think, you know, people's curiosity often gets in the way of this. And one would caution that a crime, that it is in fact a crime to be interfering with a crime scene. Um, so they should be cautioned not to do that. Fantastic. And listen, if, uh, if uh, this is anything to go by, kids, if you want a guaranteed high-profile job, we're looking for forensic pathologists. There you go. Get Just make sure you do your maths, your science, and your biology, and you've got a guaranteed job in a country with 26% unemployment. Yeah. And so what his mission is, uh, is to st- uh, get these process stations mm. all around the country. Yeah. And obviously, we need people to, uh, skilled people to man them. Excellent. Thank you, Terence. Thanks, Darren.